Well, welcome to today's Bible study. This is Ray Martinez with a great study for today. <laughs> of course, all the studies are really great when you think about it because you're studying the Bible. But we're going to be talking about the five-fold use of Scripture. Now, our reading today is from two places. We're going to talk about 2 Timothy 3, verse 15 through 17, and Romans 15, 4. Let me read the first part of Timothy. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Romans 15:4 says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Now, here are the five categories we're going to talk about. Reproof. Second one is teaching. Third one is correction. And the fourth, training in righteousness. And fifth, consultation. So let's start out with what is reproof. Reproof is the first one on the list. Reproof is to rebuke, to disapprove of, to refute, or prove a person to be an heir. Everyone at some time or another needs to be told that he or she is wrong about something. Even wise people need proof. Those who don't think they need reproof probably need it the most, right? We've heard that before. The, the intent is to make us complete and equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Matthew 18.15 says, If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he is listening to you, you have won your brother. Proverbs 15.32 says, He who neglects discipline despises himself, but he who listens to reproof requires understanding. This is good biblical teaching, and sometimes it hurts because we don't like this happening to us. We're usually willing to discipline others, but we don't want to be disciplined. We can't offer reproof without the second point, and that's teaching. It's like punishing someone for something they never learned. So we must teach while learning and learn while being taught. Ephesians 4.14 says, what is Jesus' way of teaching? Jesus used two teaching methods, storytelling and a teachable moment. To illustrate and summarize this truth into three words, the Good Samaritan. That's the greatest analogy he's given. These three words bring to memory an example of what it takes to be a good neighbor and shows an example of love. Here are five of the teachings of Jesus. One is to be merciful, Luke 6.36 and Matthew 5.7. Second, forgiveness, Luke 6.37. Third, seek goodness, Luke 6.45. Fourth, respect others, Luke 14.11. And fifth, be kind, Luke 6.31. The Bible says that his listeners were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority. 
found in Mark chapter 1, verse 22. The scripture is used for correction. That's our third step. Correction shows that we are not above reproach and that we are accountable for our actions. Our natural pride blinds us to our need for a savior and discipline reveals the truth of our wretchedness. Revelations 3 verse 17. Since salvation is the most important choice the child will ever make, it is imperative that the parents are leading him to Christ and discipline is critical to this process. Proverbs 23, 13 says, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with the rod, he will not die. In the context of verses of 13 through 14, die means to experience spiritual death in hell. Children who respect authority and feel sorry for their sin are much more likely to ask Jesus for forgiveness to them and be saved. All children are born sinful. Romans 5 verses 12 through 19. Their natural self is destructive and unrighteous. That doesn't mean that they aren't valuable and worthy of love. Psalms 127 verse 3. It means that they are not born with any natural goodness in them. That is why all children need discipline. Proverbs 22 verse 15 says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Discipline is critical for wisdom, Proverbs 29, verse 15, and a child who obeys his parents will be wise, Proverbs 13, 1. And even adults who do not heed correction will feel the consequences of their foolishness, Proverbs 10, verse 13. Now here's the next step, training in righteousness. This is an important part or element of understanding why scripture is so valuable. We look at Colossians 3.16 and it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts of God. In the original Greek, the word translated righteousness here speaks of a moral standard, knowing right from wrong. The Bible provides the instruction in righteousness by shining a light on what is wrong in our lives. We can see this in 1 Corinthians 10 verses 11 through 12, 2 Peter 1 19, Psalms 19 verses 7 through 8. It teaches us how to correct those areas, including our wrong thinking. So we do what is right instead, Psalms 119 verse 9. We can think of God's word as a spiritual trainer or loving parent who only wants what is best for us. We can immerse ourselves in God's word and rely on the Holy Spirit to reveal its truth to us. Look at John 16, 13. We can trust it to keep us on track, Psalms 119 verse 105. And that is to keep us on track toward growing spiritually strong and complete equipped to fulfill whatever task God has called us to do. Instruction in righteousness really involves our entire education and training and discipline. This understanding helps transform our knowledge of God's word from mere head knowledge to active application in our daily lives. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 verses 12 through 13. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, 
cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes, and He is the one to whom we are accountable. Now that's that's powerful. Here's my fifth point, and that is consultation. And we take this from Romans 15, verse 4, but I think it's important to read 1 through 4 of chapter 15. And here's what it says. We who are strong ought to bear the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good work, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures, and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. We should build each other up. We are obligated to provide encouragement. Proverbs 1 verses 2 through 4 says the purpose of this proverb is so important. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. The purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge, and discernment to the young. What we gather from these verses is that the whole intent of the scripture is to teach wisdom, discipline, understand the insights, to be successful, do what is right and fair, even the young people will understand it. Scripture always encourages us. If we look at Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. John 16:33 says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's powerful. Hebrews 10:25, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. When I work out at the gymnasium, I used to work with a couple of friends by the name of Travis and Chris. They see to it that I am maximizing my strength to the point of failure thus really intending for me to become stronger. That style of coaching may mean they have to help me lift the weight beyond my capacity so I can complete the exercise with the objective of building me up, not humiliating me. We may feel weak and vulnerable when Jesus makes obvious our weakness. However, he doesn't do it to hurt us, but instead it is intended to build us up. I like what Ken Hornbeck, used to say in our men's Bible study. He said, either sin will keep you from the word or this word will keep you from sin. Take a good look at your scriptures, study them hard, make them a part of your daily life because they're good and they're for a good purpose. And we've just gone over that. So I trust that you'll study hard. God bless your day.